Greetings, friends and brethren in the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. We are at the start of a new year. I'm excited about 2019. I'm excited about what God's going to do in this year ahead, and I hope you're excited with me. I'm going to conclude today part two of God's Dream House. This is a very um this is an important word to start the year off and of course i did start it last monday on new year's eve but this is if you get this this is a good way to start 2019. so last week i was talking about how important it is to understand that you are god's dream house and that he has as Psalm 139 so wonderfully tells us that he has woven us like a piece of tapestry in our mother's womb. He has a plan and a purpose for us. And I mentioned about when you have a dream, everybody, everybody has a dream in their heart, especially when we are young children. God puts those things in our hearts and we grow up wondering if the dream that's been in our heart for such a long time is going to come to pass. I mentioned that the enemy does try to bring our dreams to a final end by erasing it out of our mind, our heart, especially when failure comes, especially when disappointment comes. You see, when you've lost your vision, your purpose, your momentum, it's very hard to get back on track. And sometimes when our dreams, our wishes, and intentions have taken a wrong turn and everything turns sour, then it's very hard to get momentum again. You see, when dreams die, curiosity, passion, drive, and creativity become buried. They become buried. And many times we don't know how to dig that back up and get things going again. Last week, I concluded by praying that the Lord would resurrect dead dreams in you and that you would be awakened to the dreams God has put in you. So I'm just going to continue on that theme, and I'm going to add the aspect of you are God's dream house, but you are under construction, and there has to be a sure foundation laid in you so that you can be constructed into the dream house that he wants you to be because then the dreams that he has put inside of you can come to fruition. So, Father, I thank you right now for those listening to this message, and I trust, Lord, that you will really um, just blossom in their hearts the dreams that you have for them. I thank you, Father, that you are establishing a sure foundation in your people today. And I thank you and um, I'm excited, Lord, about what you're going to do with your church, your people, and how you're going to energize them with great creativity and passion. So I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, we are significant We are significant because we are the children of God. You have significance. You need to understand that. 
doesn't matter where you are, what life has thrown at you, you have significance merely because you are a child of God. As such, you have tremendous value, completely independent of what you do or you don't, whether you accomplish much or accomplish nothing, you still have tremendous value. You see, we've been adopted into a royal family and we have access to the palace anytime, any day. We have been given access to the king's presence and access to all the treasure of the palace, right? The veil was torn in two. The minute Jesus took his last breath, that veil in the temple was torn and gave us access into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. God created his dream house with his purpose in mind. Right from the get-go, he told Adam to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. See, God had an intention and a purpose. It was his dream. And he was going to use Adam and Eve to fulfill that dream. God said to Jeremiah the prophet in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you you. Do you see what the Lord is saying? Before you were ever a thought in your mother's womb, he already knew you. He knew all about you. He knew the days, as Psalm 139 says, the days were fashioned for you. He sanctified you before you were ever even born. In other words, he set you apart for his holy purposes. And because we have access, right? Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly, boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have access to the king and all the treasure of the palace. He indeed knows us. He indeed formed us. He indeed set us apart for his purposes. Now, I want you to write this down if you possibly can. What God has placed in you is more than sufficient to accomplish all that you could possibly dream. I'll repeat that. What God has placed inside of you is more than sufficient to accomplish all that you could possibly dream. So whatever dreams you dream, God has made it so that you have everything you need to accomplish those dreams, everything that's in you. He has carefully woven your body, your gifts, your personality, and every other part of you together to accomplish his desire. 
because you are his dream house. He wants to establish you as a gift to the world. Now think about this for just a moment. The Father gave us the Son, Jesus Christ. His Son gave us as a gift to the world, right? Jesus was born and he came um, as a baby in the manger. He uh, lived his life on the earth to to manifest uh, miracles, to live a life that was totally set apart to the Father to model for us what it was going to take for us to live like him. And so Jesus was our gift from the Father to the world, reconciling the world to himself. Now, you, his dream house, he wants to establish you as a gift to the world because you have a unique purpose that no one else has. You know, they say that there's not one fingerprint that's alike. So there are roughly 7 billion people on planet Earth. Not one person has the same fingerprint. Sometimes that's pretty hard to wrap my brain around. But what it really says is that we are each individually unique. And because God has created us that way, we each have a unique purpose that no one else has. We have a unique purpose to fulfill. We are a gift to the world and he is going to do everything he can to establish that and make that come to pass will you choose to believe you are who he says you are when you live you see when you live from a reality of being made with a purpose You won't be satisfied living a mediocre life or a life less than. So you've got to grasp this reality that you've been made with a purpose, created for a purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now look at that scripture for just a minute. We are his workmanship, right? He says in Psalm 139 that he wove us like a piece of tapestry. He um, knew us before we were ever in our mother's womb. He created us in Christ Jesus for a purpose. What is the purpose? For good works. God prepared this beforehand, before you were born. He prepared you for good works. He he had the purpose already established and written out. So he prepared beforehand that you would walk in good works, that you would walk in them, that you would fulfill them that you would do what you were created and made to do because you are his workmanship. 
God is the master architect. We can't forget that. He designs the blueprints. Now, the Holy Spirit is the general contractor. Think of it like that. God's the master architect. He designs the blueprint. Now, Holy Spirit is the general contractor going to bring this to pass. And as the general contractor, the Holy Spirit is overseeing the construction of this dream house. You. Me. Okay, so Holy Spirit, what does he do? Well, he leads us. He guides us. He teaches us. He admonishes us. He gives us his advice. He tells us to go to the left or go to the right or maybe straight ahead. He gives us the nudge. No, don't go there. Yes, move forward. No, not the right timing. He opens doors. He closes doors. A friend of mine applied to law school. A wonderful Christian gal, bright, sharp, has been involved with politics. She applied to law school. And, wow, I mean, she really had a great, um, you know, resume application. And um, now her uh, LSAT scores were not, not that great. But everything else, her her recommendations, everything, just top-notch. Well, she received a letter of rejection, and this was to a really top-notch Christian school. And she was very disappointed, which is normal. So I said to her, look, what you have to remember is who closed the door. This university didn't close the door. God closed that door. It may be that he wants you to apply to a different law school. It may be that law school isn't in your future. But if it's in your heart, it's a deep desire, then I would apply to another law school. So, Holy Spirit, is in charge as the contractor and he's making all the big decisions we just have to yield to that we have to yield to his guidance his advice now the body of christ needs you to be fully you in order to function at its best and that's the church, the body of Christ. Everyone needs to be who God created them to be so that that the church, the ecclesia, is functioning at its best. Now, 1 Corinthians 12 talks extremely, excuse me, it talks extensively about how important each person is in the body. So I'm just going to share with you. It starts... um, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For one by one spirit, 
We were all baptized into one body, whether we're Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. So scripture makes it very clear that we in the body of Christ need each other. We need each of us to be fully who God created us to be. And when we do that, we will be functioning as we were created to function. We, we often devalue ourselves because we don't see how or where our part contributes to the whole of the body. Now, I've been there. I'm sure you have. You know, we, we compare ourselves, which is um, n- not good. <laughs> That's, the scripture tells us clearly not to do that. We're not to compare ourselves to one another. So, you know, you look at a worship leader or you you look at the Sunday school teacher and you think, oh, you know, I could never be like that. I'm not good enough, whatever. You're really speaking negativity, negative things over yourself. And so you need to stop doing that. You need to stop devaluing yourself and understand that you do have a part to play. And you ask Holy Spirit, what gifts has he put in you that you can bring to the body of Christ? Because everybody, each one is carrying a vital part of who God is. Representing him and his kingdom. You see, we have a vital part to represent the king and his kingdom. So we've got to know what that is and the one of the best ways to know is just to ask the Holy Spirit. Other times, people in the body, you know, they'll recognize what's in you and they'll tell you. And that's helpful. Our unique contribution is released as we live out our dreams, as we live out who he designed us and purposed us to be. God has given us a dream and he's waiting to help us live that dream. 
The problem is this. Many of us have experienced failure and disappointment in our desire to fulfill our dreams. Been there, done that many times, many times. So then we question ourselves, is this dream really possible? You see, when you have that kind of failure and disappointment, then these questions come up. Well, is this dream possible? Can I do what it takes to make this dream come come true? And although we, um, in our mind, we agree with the scripture, nothing is impossible with God, somehow we are not sure that that's true within the context of our own lives. Now, truly believing that nothing is impossible is vital to seeing your dreams fulfilled. And you can be sure that you will encounter some level of resistance along the way. That's a given. It's not going to be easy to pursue your dream. But having a strong sense that there's always a way through will keep you going. And this is key. No matter how difficult the journey, no matter how many obstacles, there is always a way forward. And if you don't decide ahead of time that God is the God of the impossible, when you get to a dead end, and I assure you that on this journey, you will come to a dead end, several dead ends. And if you haven't decided ahead of time that God is God of the impossible, what you're going to do is you're going to give up. You're going to come to the dead end and think, that's it. It's a dead end. But you've got to remember there is always a way forward. God is God of the impossible. Now, if you have determined in your heart that nothing is impossible, then you will continue to look for the way God has already made available to you to move forward. See? So you have to keep that. You know, it, look, if it requires you writing it out and posting it up in the bedroom or in the kitchen or wherever, then write it out. You know, write out that God is God of the impossible. He's always going to have a way forward for you. And so, you know, and if, if it requires every day saying that you, you know, I determine in my heart, I determine in my heart to believe that nothing is impossible with God. And I will always continue to look for a way that God has already made available to me to move forward. Now, your enemy, his plan is so, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's so simple. His one plan is to stop you. His plan is to move you backward, cause you to bury the dream, and, and totally give up on the dream. So his plan, his strategy is very simple, to stop you, to cause you to move backward, give up, bury the dream. Simple as that. It's that simple. So if you start feeling that your momentum has come to a stop, remember who's in charge of that plan. 
You have to take the bull by the horn, so to speak, if that happens, and say, no, God is God of the impossible. The word of God says nothing is impossible with God. Lord, you put this dream in my heart. There is a way forward. I can't see it right now, but I'm trusting you that you will make it available to me. Now, while this dream house is under construction, there are going to probably be impossible circumstances that will stop you from reaching your goal. And how you respond will be determined by what you truly believe. See, this is all based on what you're going to truly believe because the situation, the circumstances is, is going to come up to stop you. The enemy's going to do, you know, he's going to throw every roadblock in your way. You've got to determine what you truly believe. Is your God the God of the impossible? Listen to what Joan of Arc said. When she was ready to lead men into battle, and she was roughly around 13, 14 years old. I mean, seriously, she was. She wasn't afraid to lead these men into battle. And this is what she said. She said, I was born to do this. So whatever is in your heart, you have to say, I was born to do this. In order to establish a life of living your dream, it's important, as I mentioned earlier, that, you know, you've got to check your foundation. A good contractor is going to make sure that the foundation of the house is solid and plumb before any walls start going up. So you've got to make sure your foundation is solid and sure. How? Through obedience to the Father, obedience to Holy Spirit. Um, secondly, through humility, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Thirdly, through faith, take God at his word. We walk by faith, not by sight. Mark 11, 22, 20 through 24 talks about having faith in God. Speak to the mountain. When the obstacle comes in your path, you speak to the mountain and the mountain will move. Have faith faith in God without critical strong a, a critical strong foundation it's going to be impossible for this dream house to be constructed properly and if it isn't then the dream that he put in you is going to have great difficulty coming forward God is a dreamer and you were his dream house from before your creation. So allow the Holy Spirit to be the general contractor. Give him full reign over your life. It's called surrender. (laughs) All of heaven is waiting for you to become the gift that God has created you to be. Align yourself with heaven's standards and heaven's values so that God's purpose and the design of how he created you can be completely fulfilled. Well, this is a great way to begin 2019. So I encourage you and I bless you. And I look forward to being with you next week. This is Don Noble of Pure Art Ministries. You can go to www. 
shopyourheart.today and listen to this podcast again. I covet your prayers. Please pray for this ministry because I'm teaching God's word and I am, you know, trying to encourage the body and helping them get where they need to be. So, um, and uh, if you feel led to sow into this ministry, I would appreciate that. You can send it to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. So I just encourage you, if you feel like this is um, strengthening you and helping you, please send a financial gift to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85 Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. With that, shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.